says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You may be seated. The word of the Lord this morning to us, his people, as we read, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your great grace and your great mercy. We thank you for your restoration and you making all things new. Lord, we ask you to do a mighty, mighty work according to your spirit in renewing our hearts and our minds and our building and our church and our people. Father, we know that you have done such great work here in this place and we're asking you to do it again. Father, we ask that you would give us the life, that you would give us your power and your spirit in glorifying your name through your church. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm, I'm going to date myself here, but I can remember back when I was a freshman in college in 2002, I uh, bought my first pair of Timberland boots. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but back in the day they were pretty big deals, quite a large sum of money for a college student to buy these boots. And I, I can remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to wear these boots when it's raining or when it's muddy or even outside and I'm not going to step in the dirt with these boots because I want them to look clean. Guess what? At some point they got dirty I can remember thinking that first time that they got dirty, they're done, they can't recover, they're no longer good to me. And then one of the guys on the basketball team said, let me show you how to, how to clean these up. Let me show you how to deal with this leather. And sure enough, they look like new after he was done with them. Ladies, I'm sure you've had this happen, your favorite shirt you're wearing that favorite shirt and your three-year-old spills some spaghetti sauce on. It's never going to be the same. Life is over and a little spray of OxyClean and it's just like new, right? How about those shows on television we watch? We like the one called Fixer Upper, which they take those houses nobody wants. It's pitted out and unlivable, cockroaches and ceilings falling down. It smells awful and they completely remove all the junk inside. They rip out all the walls. They take out all the bare bones and they clean it all the way out. Why? So they can restore it. They completely cleanse all the impurities and then build it back up to make it look like new. You see, that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to take us, 
the muddy boots, the shirt with stains on it, the house that is unlivable. And if we humble ourselves and say, we cannot do this, he comes and he cleanses. And he makes it like new. He takes that which cannot be undone and makes it new. This morning, if you're here in the audience and you believe there's just no way for you to be, give, be, be forgiven, this psalm is actually for you. David has just committed adultery. He has committed murder. And he's covered it all up. And now he's laying it all bare, asking for God to completely cleanse him. You know what? God is faithful to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not because we deserve this, but because of his great grace, his character, his nature. You know, uh, John read the first part of this psalm, and it's interesting, it's broken up. Verse, verses 1 through 6 talk about him as the sinner, and, I, and I, I think of someone who takes off the mask of their own life and says, this is actually who I am. And then you have verses 7 through 12, which I'm going to preach on those verses this morning, which actually talks about God's cleansing of that sinner. And then you come to verses 13 through 19, which is the response after God has cleansed us. The response of a Christian or a believer or someone who has trusted in faith in Christ. Verse 13 says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. The response of someone who has been cleansed by the power of Christ is to respond in telling other people and teaching other people about how God has cleansed them. We did a whole series on that recently. You see, instead of resting on one's goodness or one's things that someone has done, David in this psalm rests completely and entirely on the grace and mercy of God. He knows that he is not only someone who has sinned, but he is a sinner not just a one time my bad but at the root of his core someone who has despised the way of God the word of God and he goes into the secret places of his heart and he allows God to teach him there and then and only then does God bring about renewal so I'm going to ask you this morning, before we start talking about this, I'm going to ask you to step back from your own life. I'm going to ask you to take off the mask that everything is great and everything is fine and I am a good person and I do well 
and allow God to speak to your heart through the word and through the scripture. And that's hard for us to do. It's hard for us to pause and stop in our life and go, man, God actually is going to speak to me. With all the busyness and all the schedules and on top of that, all of the things that we do to put on this facade that everything is okay. In our marriage, in our life, with our kids, with our job, it's all good. Let's look at the text now. Verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Purge is a very strong word here. To completely remove. Sometimes violently. To clean out. Purge me with hyssop. Now, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of you in here that knows what hyssop means. I definitely uh, didn't know what hyssop is. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any hyssop growing in their backyard, but it is a flower. It's a type of herb that was used, and it was symbolic in the Old Testament and during this time as cleansing. Leviticus 14 tells us the priest would use hyssop along with cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and the blood of a clean bird to sprinkle a person who had been healed of leprosy. They used the hyssop to sprinkle them to signify you are clean, you are welcome back into the community. Later, it was also used to sprinkle a house that was once condemned by mold. People are able to live in, they would sprinkle it with hyssop, signifying their cleansing. Hyssop was also used when God came to Egypt during the plagues, during the time of Moses, and the last plague the Israelites were supposed to place on the doorpost of the house the blood of the Lamb. And you know what they used to paint the blood on the lamb on the doorposts of the house? They used hyssop. Guess what? It signifies that the blood of the lamb is that which cleansed them so the angel of death would pass by. And guess what? It comes into the New Testament as well. Christ. When we have Christ, he is on the cross as a sacrifice for sins. Before he says, it is finished, they offer some wine, some sour wine with a sponge. And guess what's holding the sponge? Hyssop. You see, hyssop is symbolic of Christ's purification of sin for those who believe in him. That's what he's doing on the cross is cleansing Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is our first point this morning. God's renewal plan is total and absolute cleansing. God's renewal plan is total and absolute cleansing. It's not partial cleansing. It's total cleansing. A complete cleansing. Not just clean, but whiter than snow. 
There is no scar or trace of stain or stain of sin. There's no trace of sin. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says this, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, if you just ended right there, it'd be, we'd all be not inheriting the kingdom of God. And then he says, and such were some of you but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Amen? You with me? This is beautiful. God's transformation, God's cleansing of a sinner. One of the most powerful things that I've seen in a church is when I was a young boy, I witnessed this. People stood up front and they came from the front and they walked up front with a sign and the sign were all sorts of different things. It said, one said, I was a drug addict and they flipped it over and then they said, I'm a addicted to Jesus one said I was an alcoholic and I flipped it over and said I'm free in Christ one said I'm adult I was an adulterer flipped it over and said I am loved by Christ one said I was addicted to pornography and flipped it over and said I find satisfaction in Christ and went on and on, and people kept coming up on the stage. I remember this as a little boy, watching this, probably third and fourth grade. These people would show that they're real people, that they're sinners, and yet Christ has transformed their life. He has ultimately cleansed them. I know that there are a lot of stories like that in this church. The people are made righteous by the blood of Christ and their cleansing is absolute. They no longer identify with who they were. They identify with who they are in Christ. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, God wants to redeem and he wants to restore that which is broken. Look at verse 8. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. When you think about this, David is saying that God broke his bones. Nobody likes a broken bone, do they? What happens when a bone breaks? the pressure becomes so great that it snaps. Sometimes the pressures of our sin and the guilt of the weight of our sin is so much to bear that sometimes God has to break us to make us new. I remember uh, being a young boy that uh, 
Our church went on mission to Matamoros, Mexico. In, in fact, two weeks we will go to Chiapas as a church northwest. We're sending five men to go to Chiapas. And back then they went to Matamoros, Mexico. They saw a girl who lived in the dump. They were preaching the gospel to the least of these. They met a girl there. Her name was Rita. And she was a special girl because her foot was completely in the opposite direction. And she would walk with her foot in the opposite direction. They brought her back to the States. They shared the gospel with her. And I can remember the doctors having to break her ankle and move her foot just a little bit. Then they would break it again and move it. They would break it again and move it until she was completely restored. Now she works as a counselor at the ministries of Jesus. But that's what God does. He breaks us until we are set in line with his will and our response is joy. When we are in line with God, our response is always joy let the bones that you have broken rejoiced when we are completely cleansed from sin all we can do is rejoice and be glad are you not feeling joy in your life right now maybe you're not being honest with the Lord about your sin Allow God to breathe fresh life into your soul by being broken over your sin. Rest in his grace in which he offers total cleansing. Look at verse 9 together. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is really why I chose this text is because the Lord put on my heart that verse, renew a right spirit within me. This is our second point this morning. God's renewal plan is a right spirit. Some of the texts say a steadfast spirit. He says here, hide your face as if you never saw it. Blot it out with white out so it never happened. This is David asking for God's work of renewal. You see, God desires to make your heart and your spirit like new. To give you a new heart. God is not only taking out the stains... Not only cleaning out the filth of the round down house, but he builds it up again. To renew means to make something new again, to restore to freshness or original condition. You, you know, you guys have probably either had a new car or have friends that have had a new car. You know that new car smell when you buy a brand new car. I, I wouldn't know about that, but I've ridden in other people's before. Just pretend like you have, if you haven't, okay? Just pretend like you understand the new car smell. But 
after a while, you know, after your kids have some tater tots and some Dr. Pepper gets spilled, it's not new. It's not like new. You take it to the detail place, and if your detail person is good, it's like new again. Romans 12 tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You see, in this whole process, we recognize that we have rejected God's will for our life. And we let God in. We take off the mask. We take off the facade. And we let God begin to work on the deepest, darkest places of our heart. And he not only cleanses us, but he makes it like it was new. He begins by the renewal of our mind. And how does he do that? He gives us a clean heart, one that actually wants to follow Christ. Just think about that for a minute. God gives you a new heart that changes your desires when you surrender to him. One that actually wants to follow God. When we don't confess our sins, the Bible tells us that we quench the Spirit. Thus, we don't allow the Spirit to control our life, the Holy Spirit to control our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, all we want to do is please the flesh. He renews a right or steadfast spirit within us. He not only washes us clean, but changes our heart, changes our spirit, and that wants to follow Christ. He takes this broken down clunker of a person when we rest ourselves in the grace of God, confessing that we need him and we need his cleansing, and he renews us to be able to run as if we were racing at the Daytona 500. That's renewal. When God breathes fresh life into his church, that's what he does. Verse 11. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. This is our third point this morning. God's renewal plan is restoration. Love the word restoration. Our, our new home is, is a restoration. It was actually burned. One side of the house was burned, and uh, so they remodeled that side of the house. It's kind of our favorite part of the house now. And it was restored. Restore means to give or bring back that which has been lost or taken It's a picture of what God wants to do in the lives of his people. It is a picture of the prodigal son who finally gives up on his own plan. I've tried it my way and it didn't work. I've tried these things and it left me in a state of confusion, doubt, dismay, and frustration. David is saying here, don't let me go. 
completely. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your spirit away from me. That may be some of you in this room this morning. You may be feeling as if God wants to take your salvation away. If he wants to take your Holy Spirit away, his Holy Spirit from you. As it says in the text, because of the decisions that you have made in the flesh. But God says, no, come back to me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We know that we cannot lose our salvation because it is dependent upon God and not us. God says to his children that have gotten off the path, I am always waiting for your return. Humble yourself. Return to me so that I can cleanse you and give you a renewed spirit. We know that we cannot lose the Holy Spirit for it is a seal of our salvation. It is a down payment for the promise that we have of eternal life. And hopefully some of us might take a closer look at who we are this morning. That we might stare down into our life, into the deep, dark recesses of our soul. We find ourselves in front of the pig slop. We come to the realization that we need restoration. And we need to run to our Heavenly Father who waits for us with open arms so that He can restore us the joy of our salvation. <laughs>